And welcome to another edition of the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast. I'm Steve Zotke along with Jeff Orlowski. Got a really fun show today. Uh, we have Ron Nelson, Chicago Bear photographer. I met Ron a, uh, a few years ago. Um, actually, he doesn't remember the, last, the first time we met, which was probably about 15 years ago at the Milwaukee Mile. Uh, he was selling auto racing prints, but uh, then uh, he helped me a great deal on my Road America book I did a few years ago, and he did a book himself, Pro Football at Wrigley Field. It's a really cool book. Welcome to the show, Ron Nelson. Thanks a lot, Steve. So let's dive in here head first. Uh, uh, you were a photographer with the Bears and in, in the basically in the 1960s. So what, what, uh, how long was your ten, tenure there? Uh, 1960 to probably 1970 when they moved to uh, Soldier Field. Okay, so yeah, so they were playing at Wrigley Field. Now, question I have: uh, a couple years ago, they did a football game, and there was an issue because of the the configuration of the field. I'm assuming there's been some slight changes. So was there? Right. It was a full night, uh, 120 yard field, then, right? Pretty much, but uh, it was odd because they ran the field. Uh, the opposite direction when Northwestern played Illinois. It actually ran okay. from the south to the north to the left field wall. Okay. And what were some of the, uh, well, you know, because it, obviously it's, it's, a, it's a baseball field and you're, you're putting in a rectangular field. What were some of the interesting kind of oddball things about when you did that? Sight lines and how closer the fans were and that kind of stuff. Well, the fans were very close, and they put up a pretty good-sized temporary bleacher basically in center field to right field. But uh, the north goalpost, uh, the end of the end zone was right on the wall. So as Ditka said, uh, you didn't run many fly patterns when you were going <laughs> north because uh, you couldn't stop. And there's no nets either, so when they kicked the field goal, it went right into the stands, didn't correct, it? Correct, correct. <laughs> well, the, the interesting thing is they, they hung uh, those, uh, you know, like mattresses down off okay. the wall, and uh, but that was still no fun to bounce off of. Right. And uh, so usually they ran into the end zone and cut left and, you know, tried to make it short. Well, t tell tell us about your first game. I mean, what when you first in there, I was, I've been lucky enough to be on the sidelines uh, a couple times for some Packers at games at the old county stadium as an emt and that first time you know that kickoff and everything it, it, it's just such a difference from being in the stands or of course even watching it on tv but what were some of the first things you remembered when you're walking well, in it, the it, field? it was pretty amazing because uh uh the, how i got started was <clears throat> i had uh Gone to uh, the game, I was up in the left field seats and I had my telephoto lens and uh, so I was shooting down basically the end zone and you know out 30, 40 yards and I got a bunch of great shots, uh, I thought, and uh, I thought, oh, well I gotta show these to somebody at the Barrow office. So I went down to uh, their office on Madison Street at the time. Receptionist was very polite. She said, can I help you? And I said, well, I'd like to show somebody my photographs. And she said, well, stand by. I'll find someone. And she said, come on in. Uh, Rudy Custer will see you. And Rudy uh, uh, was the right-hand man to George Hallis. He was a business manager, and he took care of everything. And uh, he didn't get the credit he should 
Yeah, because Rudy was the guy that initiated and made the contracts with CBS to get games on television. Okay. So that was quite an accomplishment. But anyways, I walked in and <clears throat> I started to show one at a time to him, and he says, oh, my God, oh, man, I love these. He said, I got a guy that's got an 8x10 camera mounted in the end zone, and he said, everybody looks like they're three inches high. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, what are you doing Sunday? I said, well, I'll be up there in those left field seats. And he says, no, you won't. Here, meet me uh, at the 50-yard line about 12 o'clock. And I said, wow, thanks. And uh, I did. And uh, what do you want me to shoot, Rudy? He said, well, just uh, have a good time. Shoot what you want and see me next week. With so the did Prince. he give you like a little pass? Like they yeah, had I, I had a photo pass, pass a okay. little, you know, like a pass you use to get on the grid or something. And uh, had a great time. It was really an eye-opener. And it was the last game of the season, actually. Uh, after we were through talking, he said, uh, well, he said, I want to make you an offer. Uh, how about shooting for me next year? And I said, well, that's great. I said, uh, what kind of money? He says, oh, we can't pay you, but uh, I'll give you two sideline passes, and uh, we'll refer any requests for photographs to you, So, uh, and you keep your negatives. And I said, okay. Little did I realize at the time that keeping the negatives was what made it all worthwhile. Right. Well, we'll, we'll get into that in a yeah. second. So, uh, so when you're on the sidelines – I mean, were there any situations where, you know, guys came flying at you, you had to jump out of the way, or did it, um, any interesting stories that way? Yeah, during warm-ups one time, uh, I was talking to somebody, and a wide receiver went by at about 40 miles an hour, and <laughs> damn near took me off my feet. I missed me just by inches. and uh, So even during warm-ups, you had to pay attention sure. because somebody could run off uh, running out of fly pattern or whatever. But other than that, not really. Um, I think the interesting thing, uh, and people uh, for 10 rows high and those center field bleachers heard it, uh, these guys really uh, let each other have it when uh, <laughs> when there was a rough play. And uh, I heard Mike Pyle one time, and he didn't sound like a Yale graduate for sure. Uh, he just, uh, I think it was John Gordy from Detroit, he just ripped him left and right, and everybody's jaw dropped because <laughs> you hadn't heard that language since you were in the Army or the Coast Guard. So it, it was really a fascinating, um, fascinating experience because you got to stand around guys that you saw on television the week before, uh, whether it's Johnny Unitas, uh, Jim Taylor, I mean, on and on. It was just like... Um, you know, being a big fan, just a thrill to be there. Sure. So then after those those two games, you show them the, the pictures, you meet them at the 50, then did you take the other guy's job starting game one next no, season? No, it turned out, uh, as I recall, he was the official Cubs photographer. Okay. And he wasn't really doing much for the Bears. And uh, my job turned out to be, um, I would uh, ask him, what, they, what, what do you want me to shoot? And it was generally the rookie, the guy that was doing well, because I would deliver prints probably back by Tuesday, and the PR guy, I think it was Don Desmond, Dan Desmond, he would be going, let's say, to Detroit on Thursday or something, so he'd pass oh, okay. out all these yeah. pictures. Sure. And I guess my pictures showed up in the Detroit press, but I, you know, I'd never know. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing... Uh, 
I regret, let's say, is that I never uh, tried to go on a road trip. Okay. And, uh, I should have tried to get up to Green Bay, but uh, it just wasn't something guys did in those right. days. I mean, you know, I, but uh, it was great doing it on the sidelines for 10 years. Certainly, and back, back then, I mean, there's so many personalities. And, of course, you have George Hallis. Uh, tell us, give us a George Hallis story. Um, early on, um, I'm trying to think of, it was Doc Rosie or he was more of a trainer, not, not the team doctor. And, uh, he had come up with a, uh, new training program, I think it was isometrics. So they wanted me to, they knew I was an art director and they wanted me to draw the illustrations of how to do these exercises. So I did the drawings and I'm up in the bear office and I'm sitting there showing them to Rosie and. And he said, that's not right. Put your palm of your hand down and turn your elbow. Okay, now push, push, push. And Hallis walked by and he said, Jesus, Rosie, be careful. He's an artist. You'll break his damn arm. <laughs> 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 that's about the only contact I had with uh, Coach Hallis. Uh, I had to be on the visitor's sideline. They were very restrictive about people being close to the bench or around him during mm -hmm. a game. So uh, most of the visiting guys were on the uh, east side with the visitors, which worked out great. Right, because you're shooting across. And yeah. Then get, and then uh, there's a shot here you have of Abe Gibran, one of the great personalities, and, of course, uh, later coached the Bears, too. There's a famous uh, NFL Films clip of him singing, uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> and uh, so th you have any stories about, like, Abe Gibran <coughs> or any of the er other early coaches? Uh, Doug Buffon told me a funny one uh, uh, about Abe. Uh, they had gone to training camp, and they weren't doing very well. It was after their 63 season and a couple years later, and they were down at training camp in Rennesler, and they were just struggling. And So uh, Gibbon calls uh, Doug Buffon into his office, and uh, he thought, oh, God, I must be traded or something. you know. And uh, So he said, I sit down, and Abe uh, pulls out of, fifth of whiskey and sets it on the desk and gets two glasses out and pours two drinks and uh, he says, Doug, we're in big trouble. And he pulls another drawer open. He said, you guys are out there pra practicing. We did a little room checks and he pulls out a pistol and lays it on the desk and he says, they found this. And then he pulls out a pair of handcuffs and lays it on the desk. <laughs> then he pulls out a pair of panties and a brassiere and he's... <laughs> Doug, we're in trouble. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> Doug Buffon was really a great guy and uh, had uh, many times that I talked to him and uh, had lunch with him once or twice. And uh, also uh, Ed Obradovich turned mm -hmm. out to be a great guy. And uh, during the time I was shooting, I never talked to any of them because it's like anything, you get your game face on. Right. And the last thing Butkus would want me to do is uh, say, hey, how's the family? Right. You know, I'd, I'd be out on Addison Street the hard way. But uh, afterwards, uh, years later, I saw the Bears were going to do a 75th anniversary book. So I called up to Hellas Hall and they said, well, uh, come on up and see Brian McCaskey. He's working on the book. So I, I did. And... I was a complete unknown. Nobody at the Bears knew I had even been there for 10 years. And Brian uh, really liked the photographs, and they selected quite a few for that book. 
And uh, from then on, I uh, had a good relationship with them. Uh, they invited me to the alumni dinners, which was great. And of course, this is what am I thinking, 30, 40 years later. And uh, the guys were all older guys, mm-hmm. alumni meetings, lots of fun and really chatty. And uh, I got to meet most of them then. So when I got around to doing the book, it wasn't too hard to pick up the phone and call a couple of guys. Uh, the 63 season, of course, the Bears uh, were won the championship. Uh, playoff games or any other kind of thing from that season kind of? Uh, actually, the season just ended. I mean, there weren't any playoff you know, games right. working up to the championship game, and it wasn't the Super Bowl. It was just the championship. So they basically finished the season, and then the uh, team with the best record had the home field, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that's how it went. Uh, no wildcat card back in those days, Jeff. No, no, no. no. A funny story about the Green Bay game that I'm pretty sure was that year. Uh, the Bears knew they had to beat Green Bay. <clears throat> Pardon me <clears throat> to get uh, to the championship. So, of course, the place is jammed, and the Packers come running out on the field, and they go to the north end zone and start going through their calisthenics, and everybody's booing and booing, and the boos calm down a little bit, and all of a sudden, a guy whips out a trumpet and plays taps. <laughs> Which the crowd loved, and the Packers didn't look too happy. But um, <laughs> on a reverse story of that, I heard that one time up at Lambeau Field, um, they were getting ready to play, and Hellas pens a little note, and he goes to the locker room door and tells the guy there, says, here, take this down to Vince for me, will you? And he said, sure. So turns out that hands it to Vince. Vince opens up the piece of paper, and it, he says, hey, guys, listen to what Coach Hallis just said. We're going to kick your ass. <laughs> well, I think the score was 40 to nothing or something, mm-hmm. I'm afraid, with Packers. But it was, it was an interesting time because coaches would uh, get on each other, and it, was, it wasn't good fun. They both had a great deal of respect for each oh, other. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a lot different than today where they go out of their way not to give bulletin board material. Yeah, you know right. uh, everybody's press conference is so PC. Yeah, oh, we're playing the mighty Bears. That defense is amazing. Mitch Trubisky, oh, so much talent. Yeah. You pick yeah. the worst player. Oh yeah, he's great too. You know, but but I, back then they were talking smack. I love it, it. It's an interesting dynamic though between Bears and Packer fans. How they they each still have such a respect for the two linebackers, and that's Ray Nitschke and Dick oh, yeah. Buckus. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I I remember when I was a kid, uh, I I I had a Dick Butkus poster in my room. Did you? My, and my parents had it. It's that one famous shot where he's looking over the line. I think it's from '69. Because I think if I recall, it has the fiftieth, uh, okay. the, the the NFL fifty years patch on the shoulder. Now, I probably got it from Moon Fun Shop, which was an old local uh, poster uh, store here back in the day. But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, they, they always talk. I mean, but that that's what makes it uh, such a good rivalry is, is guys like Butkus and Nitschke and, 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 and you know, the Gale Sears. Uh, they had a, uh, uh, I think it was a 30 for 30 or something where they had with Gale Sears and Butkus and how they came in kind of together. Yeah, yeah. And what unfortunately, like the 69 
year for the Bears. They're like one in thirteen, and you look at you have such a dynamic back in Gale Sayers, who unfortunately his career was cut you know short yeah. because of injuries. I mean, a guy today he'd be such a superstar, and they would have been able to do a heck of a lot more with his knees than they could yeah. back then, unfortunately. But you know, out of all those games that I went to, I, I made every one except. Uh, the game that Sayers ran for six touchdowns. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was uh, early. I was at the game the yeah. week before, and uh, I I saw Rudy on the sidelines. I says, "You know, Rudy." Uh, I said, "I don't know if I can make the game next week." Uh, he says, "What's up?" I says, "Well, it's my son's fifth birthday. Ron, you go, you stay home, and you take care of that young man for his birthday. That's that comes first. I said, okay, so I'm home. We're getting ready for the birthday party, and all kinds of people are coming. I got the radio on, and he scored again. And it's just tearing my hair out. Oh, my. You know? But uh, I'm glad I stayed for the party. It's, those things are first. Well, since uh, we're talking about Gail Sears, you got any Brian Piccolo stories? Not really. I, I didn't get to meet him at all. Like I said, basically, uh, I didn't approach the players. Okay. Because... They were busy with their with the game day stuff, and uh, I just felt it would be imposing on them to do that. Uh, I don't know if the Green Bay people know this, but George Hallis was very instrumental in uh, seeing that Lambeau Field was built and that he uh, was asked by Lombardi to come up there. Or it might have been Curly Lambeau. It was probably 57. Anyway, uh, he went up and spoke to the city council in Green Bay and convinced them that it would be a good idea to build that stadium so they could keep the Packers up there. Well, Hal has yeah. basically saved the Packers. Yeah. You know, because right. they were so close to going under yeah. and everything like that. And yeah. he kind of single-handedly saved what would then become their most bitter rival. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say there's uh, – when I was calling around getting uh, quotes for the book, um, I w- it was interesting because, and I had met Sayers a couple times. I had met Ditka a few times, and for some reason, Ditka always called me kid. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, and I was older than Ditka, and still am. But anyway, <laughs> um, I was calling around for autograph or for uh, quotes for the book, and uh, so I called Sayers, and we're starting to talk, and I said. Very noisy there. Maybe I should call you back. And he says, yeah, I'm kind of in a meeting. I said, okay. Now, he had a very successful computer software company after his playing days. In oh, really? In Chicago. Yeah, it was very successful. So anyways, I hung up, and um, I had Ditka's, uh, actually his cell phone number, if you believe it. And uh, so I called him, and I said, oh, Mike, yeah, Ron Nelson. Hey, how you doing, kid? <laughs> I said, where are you? He says, well, I'm in New York. What do you need? I said, well, I need a quote on a, how, how was it to play at Wrigley. And uh, he gave it to me. And <clears throat> in the meantime, my phone is beeping. Another call coming in. So, uh, you know, I didn't dare hang up. But uh, finished the call and uh, called back on that number. And it was Gail Sayers. And after that was done, I said, gee, Adrian, I can't believe it. I said, here I am talking to the coach. And Sayers is trying to call me. I said, pretty, <laughs> pretty, impre- uh, pretty humbling for yeah. me, you know. But um, anyway, any uh, when you were shooting games, uh, I mean, other than you know shooting the ball, obviously following the play. But is yeah. there any 
any type of uh, game plan you had set up or particular players you wanted to focus on or how to well, walk us through a, a football game when you're, you know, just before kickoff? Well, I, I pretty much knew that uh, what Sayers were going to be doing, so I'd uh, position myself about 20 yards down the sideline on the defensive side, and I knew Sayers was going to do the off-right guard or the sweep. Mm-hmm. And uh, same with shooting Hornung or Jim Taylor and those guys. I pretty much knew where I had to go, and for end zone stuff, I'd get in the end zone and put on a smaller lens to uh, get the effects of them trying to get in. And uh, you just you just kind of um, moved around uh, based on how the game was flowing. Mm-hmm. So um, it just was nothing set. I I just reacted the way right. I I thought things would be uh, getting interesting. No, lo- no locker room stuff? No, I didn't get in there. Uh, that was probably restricted. I never tried. Yeah. Uh, had a funny story about locker rooms. Uh, talking to Ronnie Bull, and, and he was telling me that uh, at halftime, I mean, it was a different era then. These guys smoked and drank beer at halftime. Oh, yeah. Was, were they drinking? Were they smoking on the sidelines? I don't think on the sidelines. Were side they trying to sneak no, one or no, something? No, no, not that. Did you ever but, see that? Uh, uh, Bull told me that they, uh, when, when the half ended, they'd all go running in and they, the ball boy would be, uh, guarding the door, so to speak. So <laughs> his job was to yell, here comes the coach, you know, and they'd at least put down the beer cans, I guess. <laughs> but I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, if you can imagine having a beer and a cigarette at halftime. Yeah. Calm down. Well, that's how me and Steve do the racing show. Every right. time he yeah, goes to commercial, yeah, yeah, we're right. slamming beers and smoking cigarettes. So, uh, and it, it was pretty interesting because the guys were sort of around. Uh, I, I was in advertising, and I had a client up close to Wrigley. And there was a popular restaurant called The Cottage, and I uh, went there with a client one day with a customer. It was late. It was like 2 o'clock. We had a late lunch, and uh, all of a sudden the door bangs open, and in come five or six great big guys. And I looked, and I thought, holy crap, it's, uh, you know, it was basically the defensive line for the for the Bears. And they just walked up and sat down at the beer bar, and they ordered hamburgers and fries and started drinking beer. And uh, when we left, they were still there getting louder by the minute, you know. So I don't think the guys leave uh, – practice today and uh, go have a hamburger yeah i would doubt it so if i had to ask you what your most iconic shot is you know the 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 one picture that you took that is the highlight of your career what what would that be i kind of like that butkus trying to block um, a field goal against the packers and uh i've got a shot that uh you have to see a large print of it to do it justice. But uh, I caught Ditka with his arms kind of out, just getting ready to cradle in the ball, and he's concentrating on it coming in. And it's sharp as a tack. And, I mean, uh, I think Ditka bought 30 of them from me. Nice. And um, But uh, the guys at the Bears said that's the best shot I've ever seen of uh, Ditka catching the ball uh, i really like that shot i got one at home signed by him but um it's kind of funny uh, steve was asking me about the time i went down to meet ditka i made up i had a bunch of prints a lot of stuff from the bears and most of them were 11 by 14 16 by 20s and 
I called him and I said, gee, I want to show you some of the photos from, you know, the Wrigley days. He says, oh, okay, come on down, meet me at the restaurant. So he said, I'll be there at 7. Uh, I get down there, it's 6.30, my son Peter came with me and uh, we walked in. Uh, he wasn't there yet, he was playing golf. So uh, <laughs> Peter says, well, Dad, let's have, uh, let's have dinner, okay. So we had dinner about 8.30. He comes in with three of his buddies. He goes upstairs to kind of a private table, and uh, uh, the waitress comes over and says, uh, Ron, uh, Mike is in now. Why don't you go on upstairs? So I walked up. I had this big box with me, and Peter's along, and I walk up, and I said, hey, hey uh, coach. And he says, yeah. He said, sit down. And I said, well, you're getting ready to have dinner. He said, I said, sit down. <laughs> I sat down. But, and he was hilarious. He started going through all the photographs. He says, oh, my God, I love this one. I'll take that one. I'll take this one. And then his buddies started looking at him, and they were buying them. And uh, I walked out of there with really huge sales. I mean, I think I made 500 bucks in about 10 minutes and uh, was kind of nice. Uh, um, I didn't expect to sell that many. But when I was leaving, I said, because uh, he had ordered, like, I think 20 of those of him catching the ball for buddies of his and that. And uh, I said, could I bring a few extra and would you sign them for me? He said, sure. So I, I made another 20, you know. So I said, well, here's your 20. Okay. And I said, would you mind signing these? And he said, oh, eBay, huh? And I said, no, no, no. no. I said, I've got some customers who collect bear stuff and yeah. uh, they asked me to get, get one signed for him. He says, sure. So he signed them all. Well, walk us through the book. How did the book come about? And, and let the, well, let's, I guess we should plug the book, too. Is the book still available? Yes, it is. It's on Amazon, Okay. Twenty four ninety five. And the name of the book is Pro Football at Wrigley Field. Yeah. It's got some nice reviews on there from some people that uh, went there as a kid or went there all the time uh, when they were playing there. And uh, very complimentary. Uh, Beth Gore wrote the uh, text. She's got a little... Uh, Breakdown on each team that played there. Um, it's basically the, uh, you know, the original teams that were in mm -hmm. the league at that time. All that expansion hadn't started. I think the Vikings were the only team that uh, was fairly new. But and now uh, it's because of the AFL. But that's another episode. We'll yeah. have to talk about the yeah. AFL and the NFL and and yeah. all that. But it, it what's it's a great book. Even for Packer fans, because uh, there's a, obviously a lot of shots with the Packers in there, and I think if you're a Packer fan in general, you got to kind of have that kind of respect for the Bears, especially those guys, Ed Obradovich is the the uh, you know Dick Butkus is, and 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 all those guys, Doug Buffon, and just that era is such a cool era, and you got the like you say you got the Vikings in there and Bud Grant. You yeah. got the, the the Colts in there, Johnny Unitas. I mean, such an iconic quarterback. Uh, Detroit the Lions, nice Detroit Lions, Detroit. St. Louis know, Cardinals. There's no there's no Jacksonville Jaguars in there. <laughs> there is. It's all the you know yeah. the St. Louis Cardinals. You got in there with Jim Hart, a very very young Jim Hart, and you got the Los Angeles Rams in there. And, yeah, and, and just it's just the the photography is so cool. And it's just if if you're a fan and a student of, of pro football, it's it's definitely worth it. It's, it's it's a really neat book, and so Amazon is probably the best place to get it. 
I believe Barnes & Noble still Barnes has Noble. it. Okay. And, uh, you know, you can contact Steve and he'll get in touch with we'll, me. We'll, can... we'll be plugging it on our Facebook site. And how, how, how do they find us, Jeff? Facebook.com, search Green and Gold Then and Now podcast, and you will find us. And then we're also on Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter as well. Same thing, Green and Gold Then and Now. Not and... on Twitter. No, we don't have a Twitter account. Do we have a Twitter You just account? said we're on Twitter as well. No, well, you're on Twitter, and I'm on Twitter. Jeff underscore Orlowski and at Steve Zaki. Ron, are you on Twitter? You're on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. How do we find you on Twitter? I'm not sure the account. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I'm not that active. Yeah, well, you know, I know one one where where you can find them is a vintage. Uh, what's indie, that thing called? Vintage, vintage. indie <laughs> registry. My new little. <laughs> yeah, I know Ron from the racing world. So, and uh, I thought this was this would dove, dovetail nicely uh, with you, yes. this Chicago Bear book and pro football, basically book of the '60s. So I'm trying to find a great quote here by. Oh, the Doug Buffon quote. Doug Buffon quote. Yeah, yeah I got I it. it's on the back. Is that the Roman Gladiator one? You want me to read it for you? Yeah. Oh, I like this one, though. Okay. Uh, in my first game, I thought I was a Roman Gladiator. The crowd was so close to the field and roared their approval on every big hit. On the bench, you didn't want to sit too close to the quarterback because they would throw stuff at him. That was Doug Buffon. <laughs> yeah, he's got one in here, too. I'm trying to find it where he talked to Gibran. Yeah. Uh, should be in the Detroit. Oh, and then, uh, and yeah, here's the Ditka quote that you kind of paraphrased before. It was a great place to, to play Wrigley Field. The fans were were the best, and they really got behind the team. You also heard it if you didn't play well. We didn't run many fly patterns with that left field wall. That was the greatest era of Bear history at that point. Yeah. Well, I can't find the specific quote, but basically it was, the phone was walking off the field after a Detroit game, and uh, I think the Bears lost, but he says, God, I hate those guys. I just hate playing them. And Gibran says, oh, don't feel bad, Dougie. We put nine of them out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough – I mean, I mean that was a rough, rough area. You see the clotheslines and all those oh, yeah. shots and you know, those NFL films. I mean, to tell us seeing that, that – seen that up close and personal. I mean, was oh, you it, remember any particular plays or anything? Well, or? it was basically a lot, a lot of hard hitting. Yeah, you know, and the quarterback was fair game. I mean, yeah, I can't believe how uh, well concussions have come in, into play a great deal, and I think we all understand that. But boy, back then, I mean, uh, there's linebackers, not just Butkus and Nitschke, but they'd break through and get a sure. hold of that quarterback and just slam them to the ground, you know. That um, is something else I was thinking of here I was going to mention to you. Well, I know the one thing I wanted to bring up, you have a great uh, anecdote on when it was shooting in the cold weather, and that's one thing I never, you know, shooting auto racing, it's usually either wet or hot or yeah. somewhere in between. It's never really cold, cold. but uh, tell us about shooting those cold weather games. Uh, the only time... Any of us had a problem was a 63 championship game against okay. the Giants. And I think at game time it was either five above or zero. And it was just brutal. And film would uh, literally break in your camera. And uh, there was just rolling, r rolls and rolls of film lying all over the sidelines. The guys were just ripping out film and putting in another roll. Because it was so cold, it would get brittle. Sure. And you go to crank for the next shot, and it would break. Mm -hmm. You would hear a break. And so you would just open up the back end, throw it out, 
turn it around and very carefully put in another role. And uh, everybody was saying, well, how are we handling this? What's going on? And how can how can we get by this? And uh, the guy just says, keep advancing. You'll have a lot of blanks, but you're going to get a few sure. shots in. And uh, it was really hard to get a lot of shots at that game. That was probably the fewest I've ever had. Yeah, it was funny. That they uh, gave a NFL. NFL Films told the story about the 58 championship game with the uh, Colts and the Giants, and it was also a cold game. And the TV camera in the back was frozen on its mount, and they couldn't move it any. <laughs> and it just it worked out perfectly that Alan yeah. Amici ran straight ahead yeah. because that was where the, the television camera yeah. was pointed, and they were able to get the shot. Uh. If it was a rollout or something, they would have been in trouble because they couldn't move the camera. Yeah. It's um, interesting you mentioned uh, the clothesline, mm -hmm. that famous tackle. Or Anyway, I was at one of the alumni dinners, and uh, Ed Sprinkle was still alive, and he was sitting there uh, and talking to a bunch of people, and uh, I had gone up and said hello and all that and was standing back there, and Steve McMichael from the mm -hmm. 85 Bears sure. was standing there, and he was just grinning from ear to ear, and he, and he says, he says, God, the clothesline, boy, I wish I could have played in those <laughs> days. And I said, do you want, Do you know him? And he says, no, I've never met him. I said, well, come here, I'll introduce you. And it's, you know, not like I was longtime friends with him, yeah. but I knew him enough to say hi. And I brought him over and I said, uh, Ed, this is uh, Steve McMichael, 85. And he says, oh, Steve, wonderful to meet you. know, and so yeah. they hit it off in, in minutes and uh, nothing like a defensive lineman uh, exchanging Secrets. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, a lot of fun. Any other anecdotes you can think of offhand right now? Um, no, just um, that was back in the day when uh, Rudy Custer turned out to be a real friend, and uh, I had a very important client who was from New York, and he was a giant uh, ticket holder. Mm -hmm. So, of course, when I get to know him and he finds out I'm doing sideline stuff from the Bears, I got to be a, a pretty good vendor for him, and uh, we met frequently, and when the uh, Giants were coming in to play the Bears, uh, he says, Ron, well, you got to get me in a couple extra tickets, which I managed to wrangle, and uh, he said, my TV guy will be in on, on Thursday night. He said, uh, maybe we can have lunch Friday, and I said, well, sure, and I called Rudy Custer Thursday afternoon. I said, Rudy, I got a couple guys that our new New York Giant fans, and they'd really love to meet you and hear, hear about the Bears. I said, have you got time for lunch? He says, yeah, it's going to have to be a late lunch, but how about 2 o'clock? I said, perfect, I'll meet you. You know, we went to a regular restaurant, and um, so sure enough, 2 o'clock, Rudy walks in. My two friends from New York were there, and we sat down, and that was in the day of uh, ad man stuff, and everybody mm. drank a couple martinis at lunch <laughs> and so on. And so I swear that lunch started at 2 o'clock. We didn't leave it until 5 o'clock, I think. <laughs> Rudy entertained those guys like you wouldn't believe, and I heard stories I wouldn't believe. And it was really, really quite uh, quite an experience to have uh, the GM of the Bears sit down sure. with a couple of your buddies and share a martini. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So you still attend the alumni dinners today? No, I haven't been for a few years. I moved up here three years ago and uh, haven't been for a while. I sold all my negatives to the Bears probably about five, six years ago. And uh, as my friend Beth Gore, who wrote the book, said, 
well, you'll never see those again. <laughs> <laughs> so I, they, they've got quite a collection of things, and like many places that uh, buy up negatives, they kind of get uh, cataloged and put away, and there they are. But um, so anyway, it was a, a great experience. In between, I was uh, doing auto racing. Started doing that in 58. I got hooked up with Competition Press, which later was sold to Road and Track. Worked for a uh, famous gal writer, Denise McCluggage. And uh, when we got married, we had to pick a day in May that there wasn't a race going on. Not you and Denise, though. Not me and Denise, <laughs> no. But uh, my basic... Uh, point here is that I was busy racing from May to September and then every Sunday I was with the Bears till December and uh, after about 10 years of that a couple children on the way and them being pretty important to me I uh, kind of retired from the football and the racing but I got back into racing here maybe three four years ago what uh, one game that sticks out um Several of them. Uh, of course, the playoff game against the Giants was quite an experience. I think the Green Bay games were always really important and uh, very, very good to shoot because there was plenty of action. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, the rivalry made it even better. Well, just and, the sheer amount of Hall of Famers on the field. Oh, well. yeah, incredible. You know, when you look back, uh, and it was every weekend. I mean, Baltimore would come in, and they had uh, – uh, Unitas, and I'm trying uh -huh. to think of that great, great um, end they had. Um, but anyway, yeah, every team oh, had Raymond Berry. Maybe? Raymond Berry, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, standing next to Raymond Berry, talking to you know, hearing him talk to Unitas, that's pretty like uh, wow, you know. Yeah, that's great. And uh, other than that, uh, it was a wonderful experience, and uh, I'm certainly glad I. Had the opportunity to do it. I, I thank you for having me in tonight. Oh, it's thanks. Always, always and, fun to talk a little football. And one more uh, time, it's Pro Football at Wrigley Field by Ron Nelson. It is available on on uh, Amazon, and or put, check out a Barnes and Noble if you're nearby. You see if it's in stock there. But uh, Ron, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much, and Jeff. Any final words? We got the big uh, Bears Packer game this weekend. Well, I was going to ask Ron. So, are you still a Bears fan, Ron? You know, I hate to say this, but I'm not really that big of a pro football fan anymore. Okay. I, I don't like the chest pounding. Uh, you know, uh, guys leaping to their feet after running 10 yards and pointing at the end zone. I mean, that never would have happened in the 60s. Right. Nitschke would have taken you care of that. Yeah. yeah. Butkus would have, uh, you know, you wouldn't be out for the second half and they'd say you fell in, uh, coming out the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I just kind of lost interest, and for quite a while, I with the BCRs, I would tape the game if it sounded pretty good at ten o'clock at night after a nice Sunday out running around, uh, throwing the tape and fast forward through it, and that was about it. I'm a huge hockey fan. Uh, I'm dying with the Blackhawks this year, but anyway, um, it just kind of I'm a little more interested lately. I mean, I. I think the Bears have uh, piqued my interest. Uh, they're playing well. Packers, of course, are always fun to watch. And uh, living up here, uh, 
few weeks ago, the uh, Brewers lost, I think, on Saturday, and the Packers lost on Sunday, and I turned to someone and said, they won't know what to wear tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you get that right. Yeah. <laughs> so... And, uh, All right. Well, uh, so Steve, what's your prediction for uh, Sunday's um, Yeah, you know, it's one of these. You know, the heart and head say different things. You know, the the heart says Packers, but the head says Bears. Uh, just at this point, I mean, just from the injury side of the you know injury side of things, Packers are much more. Uh, you know, second, third, fourth string guys out there, and the Bears only have one guy on the injury report this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I got to go with the Bears this weekend, 27 23, I think. Uh, but, you know, it, it is divisional games are always, you know, never, what's never bet on divisional games, right, Jeff? Well, that's what they say. I don't <laughs> tend to follow, uh, you know, common sense that often. That uh, is why. If I'm, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting on the Bears. All right. I, uh, you know, I could see this game going a lot of different ways. I think that Aaron Rodgers, he, his record down at Soldier Field is phenomenal. He hasn't lost down there since, what, 2010? Um, and so I think they, you know, he's got that going for him. On the flip side, the Bears have to be real upset over Rodgers coming back in week one right? and having that miracle comeback yeah. to, to beat him. So, well, I think yeah. of 1980. 1980 is the game in which Chester, it was Chester Marco got the, the field goal blocked and it went back back in, right to him. He caught yeah. it on his helmet, yeah. and he's running in like a – elegant gazelle like Chester Marco was with the football on his head yeah. and those goofy glasses. They won, th- I think it was 13-6. to six. A lot of people forget that game later in the year, the Bears won 61-7. to seven. Wow. Ouch. So, Ouch. Uh, that, there's another thing that's changed big time, and it's probably just as well, but they used to go after the kicker all the time. In sure. fact, wasn't it Green Bay that went, went after, or was it the Bears that were going after Marco? I forget one of them. After a while, they got on him. The press was getting on him because they were going after the kicker all the time. It might have been Markle after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after. but uh, yeah, it's so uh, you know it, it could be an ass whooping by the Bears. I mean, they are they are hitting on all cylinders, especially no, after not. that Rams no. game. Well, you the, know the Ra- the Bears are not hitting on all cylinders. That Rams game was very. Well, let me let me uh, let me. Yeah, you you're right. Let me finish the a defense, sentence or no? The defense is firing on all. cylinders. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. To okay, say. so the defense is playing well, but you know the Rams Bears game was very entertaining. It was awful football. You know, yeah. Trubisky threw three t- uh, interceptions. Uh, Jared Goff had a, had a ton of turnovers as well. It was a garbage, garbage game. Yeah. So you know, yes, the Bears their defense is a lot better than Green Bay's defense. I still give Green Bay a hell of an advantage on offense over the uh, the little cousin to the south. So for that, and because Aaron Rodgers owns Soldier Field, you know, give me the Packers. I'll say twenty-three to thirteen. Very good. So okay. we'll see. You know, but everybody wants to give the Bears all this kind of credit, and we all know the Bears' history. And besides uh, eighty-five, they got a whole lot of uh, years of puking on their shoes right. anytime there's a big. So game. Ron, if you don't pick the Packers, this podcast will never make the air. Uh, probably figure <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be something like nine to seven or twelve to seven. It could be. I yeah. remember one of those in uh, seventy nine, eighty or something. A six to three game. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so, was that game in the fog? Was that on Halloween night? The Halloween game, I remember. I was in 94 because that's the first time the Packers wore those throwbacks, if I recall. Yeah, the hideous, yeah, ugly I one. I didn't mind them, but that was, uh, it was uh, I want to say it was like 33 to 14. But uh, sadly, though, that same night, a, a commuter plane crashed in uh, just on the other side of the border, south of uh, uh, Merrillville. Indiana really? that same night. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I was going to just in closing say that um, there's a number of stories on the Packers and the Bears that I don't want to put on the air. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. There's some shenanigans that went on would uh, w- would be very funny. And, uh, you know, they're probably uh, – Probably been told a hundred times, but uh, I don't want to be the author of it tonight. So, well, we're not we're not even running tape tonight, Tom, uh, Ron. So you can go ahead and you know, yeah, say, I forgot to hit record. Yeah, let's go. Oh, well, we got to do it all <laughs> over. Okay, I'll run down the street, grab a bottle of scotch, we'll put our feet up, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and just talk for a couple hours. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was interesting the other evening uh, or day. I was over at my printer. We we're, were printing cal- calendars for the. Uh, Vintage Indie Registry uh, Group. I'm co-founder of Vintage Indie Registry with Mike Lashmet. And uh, anyway, I'm talking to the wife of the owner of the print shop, and she says, "Oh, I, I put together all these um, um, events for the '96 Packers, the um, Super Bowl oh, yeah. winning team." She says, I, "I'm really close with a lot of them," and she said, "They're great guys, and they like to get around and around." And she says, "You know, I looked at your calendar and..." I'm going to tell them they should buy an old race car. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's great, you know, because uh, when guys have been out of the game a little bit, uh, whatever, uh, they kind of turn to, well, gee, maybe I'll buy a classic car of some kind, but uh, they really want to have a lot of fun, as you know, uh, Steve, sure. buy a buy yourself a vintage Roadster. So. Yeah, IndyCar. That'll be a lot of fun. I know uh, working with uh, Gilbert Brown at the Milwaukee Mile, you know, a big Mopar guy. Guy loves his Mopar. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. And uh, Jim McElvain is another guy. He loves his Fords and his hot rods there. So a lot of guys uh, around uh, sports uh, enjoyed their their toys, as they say. So, well, Ron, thank you for joining the show. Thank uh, you. Well, thank you Appreciate very much. Appreciate you sharing those memories. And once again, Pro well, Football, you, Wrigley Field, a book by Ron Nelson. You can get on Amazon. Uh, soft cover book I highly recommend. So uh, Over sure get out Over about 120 photos in there and make a nice stocking stuffer. It really does. It's a really cool book. If you, if you have a grandfather, a father, even a young kid who's kind of really enjoys the history of pro football, I mean, this is a book for them, whether it's a Packer fan, Bear fan. Baltimore Colts fan, St. Louis Cardinals fan. <laughs> yeah, Lions. And uh, Ron's got five kids, so buy at least 10, 12 books at a time. H- help the guy out. <laughs> it's yeah. the grandchildren I've got to worry about, not the kids. <laughs> Once again, thank you for listening to the Green and Gold Podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.